0: Coming up, coming up on Money Beat. Morgan Stanley earnings look terrible. Valiant pharmaceutical shares, well, they look terrible too. Weight Watcher shares, oh, they look pretty good, and we will tell you why. Bringing the world to your ears, award-winning reporters, original insights. Now from the newsroom of the Wall Street Journal. Money Beat. Welcome to the Money Beat podcast. I am Paul Vigna, joined today by Maureen Farrell, Eric Holm, and our herd on the street friend, John Carney. Uh, folks, these are the topics we'll will, we will be talking about today. Uh, the Giants-Eagles Monday night football game, the Star Wars trailer that we'll be playing during the Monday night football game, a minute. or The Walking Dead.
1: Hey, no, what about but, the Mets? Come on. Oh, yeah. Okay,
0: okay <laughs> we can talk about the Mets, too. We can talk about the Mets if you want to do the Mets. Or, or... or uh, we can talk about Morgan Stanley's earnings this morning. So you you guys choose. Maureen, you start us off. What do you want to talk about?
1: Well, I would say Morgan Stanley looks a little bit more like the Cubs over the last two Ooh, days.
0: <laughs> painful. Really? Well, okay, uh, why? What happened with Morgan Stanley earnings this morning?
1: So they were just brutal, pretty much across the board. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, John, but there were small, bright spots. They had a little tax boost. Their M&A advisory fee looked pretty good. Otherwise, it was just to look like such a disaster, especially they come at the end of all the other big bank earnings and they were a mixed bag leading up to this, but this was just
2: this was so bad absolutely dismal uh, the return on equity um, fell uh, to you know less than half of what it had been recently um, and the and Far short of what their goals are, um, it's very clear that the bank didn't earn its cost of capital. It's basically destroying value at least this quarter for shareholders, um, and it and it re it actually brought back into um, investors' mind an idea that the, that the had it, had kind of been going away, which was that when the other big banks have a bad quarter, mortgage Stanley will have a disastrous one. That's back now in front of investors' minds. It really does seem like when capital markets are um, e- are experiencing volatility that Morgan Stanley um, is going to have a lot of trouble navigating through those. Why is that? What it is it about Morgan Stanley that makes them different from their peers? Well, one, they don't have, uh, unlike a J.P. Morgan or a Citigroup, they don't have a giant Bank that's going out a commercial there. Commercial bank. Right. A commercial yeah. bank that's going out there lending mortgages and doing things that aren't as tied to financial markets. Now, they are trying to build up other businesses. They have a wealth management business. They want to do more kind of banking things with wealth management clients, but that's in its nascent stages now, and they don't do a lot of it. So when you get things like um, bond markets moving against um, them and activity falling off a lot, it's very hard for them to make money. And these activities still make up a very large portion of their profits and their revenues. And so when that falls, uh, their bottom line really suffers.
0: Maureen, you had said that uh, the earnings of other banks have been sort of a mixed bag, and this one is very bad. You know, so So how much of this is... A Morgan Stanley issue how much of this is the environment and how much should investors be concerned about this this one three-month period that clearly was influenced by what's going on in the wider world
1: I think it's it definitely looks stepping away from it like a Morgan Stanley issue I mean all the banks talked about volatility for the most part it kind of worked against them to some extent it helped them a bit in their trading business in some areas and some other areas but um, Overall, this just looks like it was largely Morgan Stanley's problem. And I don't, to some extent, maybe it speaks to the health of the system when the other and the new banking regime that they can do pretty well when Morgan Stanley, just because of fixed income uh, commodities and currency trading dips, they get so hit. But the other banks were able to weather it pretty well. I mean, they're all down for the year. No bank looks that, no bank stock they're, they're looks
0: that the, great. They're down for the year in terms of their stock. In terms of their, their terms
1: stock of for the stock, year. I mean, yeah. J.P. Morgan's the best performer. I just looked, they were down about 1%. If, yeah. you,
2: look, if you look at the beginning of uh, the bank earnings season uh, last week, it looked like J.P. Morgan had a pretty bad quarter in retrospect, looking at all the other numbers that came in. Uh, that They may have actually had the best quarter of all the banks. Um, they uh, They did pretty well compared to... Uh, they're Wall Street rivals, um, and so we, you know, when one peril of going first is you don't know how bad everybody else is going to be, and a peril of going last, as Morgan Stanley learned, is when you're the worst of everybody else on Wall Street, it looks particularly bad because everybody hopes kind of got higher um, as we saw the bank results come in last week, and they weren't so bad. Now that now they're sinking again because people said, oh, you know, yes, they really can blow it. So the financials as a
0: group and I was looking at the the earnings numbers they and look this is not going to be a good quarter for corporate profits at least among the S&P 500 companies they they're expected to be down now about 5% overall that's actually narrowed a little bit and part of that I think is because the the banks as a group are looking okay uh, the, the latest number I saw was profit growth is going to be about 6% no one's growing tremendously that that's a decent number are the banks just kind of reflecting what's going on in the economy, and that's just what investors have to get used to, or are there levers they can push here to make these numbers look better? I mean, Morgan Stanley has a lot of backing and filling they got to do they got a lot of work to get out of that hole but but what do
2: the other banks need to do in the next couple of quarters or months I should say let's just look a couple of months ahead. Well, one of the things people would like to see coming out of the banks is both a little bit more expense discipline, but remember, they've brought down their costs by a lot, and it's not clear how much further they can push those levers. Um, People would also like to see a little less volatility. Supposedly, um, the bank's results in things like trading should be less volatile because they're no longer doing prop trading. Um, but we're still seeing the numbers jump up and down by a lot, and it's very hard if you're an investor to price uh a any re- result that's going that could be up or down you know five to twenty percent in a quarter. How do you know? Um, in advance, what a stock is worth. You know, you're pricing in the future earnings of the company. And when it's that unpredictable, it becomes the, the temptation, and not even the temptation, probably the right thing to do is to say, I, I'm going to give, I can't give any multiple at all to that. I could price in maybe what that average is over a couple of years, but I'm not going to say, okay, I'm going to, you know, give you a two times multiple for that.
0: Can I Yeah, well, last word. Can we leave it far. with
1: I have one question coming out of today's earnings is James Gorman's job on the line at all? And sorry to raise this is a big oh, question wow. yes, but question is <laughs> at the very end here.
0: Uh well, okay, quick uh, one word answer from both of you guys. Yes I, or no.
2: I think he's got uh, a lot more quarters. I think people before he'll be in trouble. I think people realize this was a bad quarter all around. And uh, there's no existential threat to the bank at this point, so I don't think his job is on the good, line. Good one-word
0: answer, Carney. Uh, Maureen?
2: <laughs>
1: um, I just think it raises questions overall about his vision. I mean, he's yeah. been able to tout this safe, diversified bank, or tried to in previous quarters. So maybe it's fair. Maybe it's too soon for anyone to really point too many yeah. fingers at him. But
0: All right. Uh, we will wrap that up. We will come back in one second. We're going to talk about Valiant Pharmaceuticals and the bears who are suddenly going into this river and just— Pulling out fish left and right. They're eating this thing alive. We'll be back in a second.
2: They're here. All new podcasts from The Wall
1: Street Journal, including... Your
0: Money Matters, all week long. Heard on the Street. I'm
2: Alex Frangos.
1: Hi, I'm Miriam Gottfried with Heard on the Street. Be sure to tune in to our podcast where we talk about financial issues.
2: The latest on global investing. The Chinese
1: economy.
0: Stocks and bonds.
1: The biotech industry.
0: Companies and the latest things going on.
1: All over the world.
0: Your Money Matters, from The Wall Street Journal. Ambition. Comes with earbuds. Now bringing the world to your ears. Award-winning reporters, original insights from the newsroom of the Wall Street Journal. Money Beat. Welcome back to Money Beat. I am Paul Vigna. Uh, Marine. I want to talk to you about a story you wrote a, a very nice story over the weekend. Valiant Pharmaceutical and uh, about some of the bears that are finally having their day on this stock and this name. This is a pharmaceutical company that has made a lot of waves with. You know, a contentious business strategy in the pharmaceutical business, right? It mm-hmm. has just been buy, 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 M and just buy drugs. Don't put the money into research and development. Just get big by buying other companies. For years, this has been a very contentious uh, strategy. Now it seem it is seemingly backfiring on them, and the stock is coming down sharply. What's what's going on here? Run run us through this.
1: So, as you said, Valiant's always been a contentious company, or its business model, has always been questioned. But its stock has been, as a pharmaceutical stock, among any stock, it's one of the best performers Mm -hmm. over the last year. It's just gone up precipitously. But, you know, last year we saw Valiant was trying to buy Allergan. It was unsuccessful, ultimately. But over the course of that attempted, unsolicited takeover, Allergan raised a lot of questions about Valiant's business model and basically said, we don't want your stock. You're offering cash and stock. We don't trust the value of your shares." We mm-hmm. think you invest barely anything in R&D. You just buy these companies. They mentioned a little bit about the fact that they raise prices on drugs once they buy them. But they more harped on other issues on accounting. There are a few notable bearish hedge fund managers Um who came out against the stock.
0: Well, and it's interesting cuz okay, the Allergan thing happened and we all everyone knew about it, everyone saw it. But was it really, you know, you mentioned them raising the prices and, and was that the thing cuz that's much more recent. Exactly. The whole controversy over that is, is that the thing that has really kind of started to to take a big bite out of this company.
1: Yep, that's a, that's what's been happening yeah. recently. I mean, we they knew it, they brought it up, Allergan. other people have raised that issue, but Lately, that's really come into focus, that Turing CEO.
2: I'm actually, okay. yes, exactly. I'm surprised that we didn't see uh, the stock actually start to come down even earlier on that basis because we had a lot of politicians out there decrying other companies uh, raising drug prices. It became very clear that this was going to be a big issue, especially for the Democrats. Um, in uh, And so you would... Looking at Valley, and you'd say, "Okay, yeah, that's part of their business model. They buy companies, they raise drug prices, and..." the inability to do that brings into question a lot of the acquisitions they've made if mm-hmm. they can't keep if they can't push up the prices if they don't have pricing power because of political reasons right it's not that they don't control important drugs and can therefore you know raise the prices on the basis of the market but if the political process is going to come in and stop them from raising drug prices that's very bad for the uh, their future prospects yeah and, you know, I, look, look it's one thing we all understand
0: corporations are for-profit companies. They have a product they want to sell it. They want to make money off it. We, we get that, you know. You had a quote from the CEO Pearson in your in your story that I thought was really really interesting, where the guy basically says that, uh, you know, the, the drugs that they've bought sometimes they're dramatically underpriced relative to their clinical value, and that you know appropriate pricing is important to the U.S. healthcare system. That means that you should be raising your prices 300 percent. I mean, I know that there's a, a political calculation being made here, but but there's also got to be a common sense calculation being made here. I mean, these are important drugs. These are drugs that people need. There is a reason that the government gets involved in the pricing of these issues. Are these guys gouging their customers
1: well what i will say is today i mean he made a real about face on their conference call on On, that on issue. a lot of tax,
3: right maureen i mean not, not even on this issue which is an important one but on a lot of a lot of their whole business model is suddenly seemingly in question
1: exactly i mean they said that you know we're not going to do as much m&a we're going to cut that back a lot we're definitely we're very unlikely to do more acquisitions in which the drugs are quote mispriced You know, Mm -hmm. ones in which they'll raise the price. They would assume to raise the prices on it. They said they're going to start looking at R and D. So it's just so many different pieces of their business model. And we saw today the way investors responded is the stock right before I got up here is down eight and a half percent. Yeah, there's a
2: certain irony to that, right? Because one of because the company is actually doing what a lot of the critics have said it should do. Right, right, spend on R and D, stop making all these acquisitions. Uh, Stop uh, having your business model be based on finding cheap drugs and making them suddenly expensive for their users. Um, But I think the reason why this pushes down the stock is that it's owned by the people who believed in that old business model, not by the critics, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the people who said, no, no, the critics are wrong. We like this stock. Now the company says, "Uh, our critics actually may have had a point. And um, that disheartens uh, a lot of the current investors. All right. Uh, let's, let's leave it there. This is a
0: story that we're going to clearly revisit again at some point. Uh, you know, one thing that's interesting, another interesting, very interesting story. Authors are very cognizant of what is called, you could call it the Oprah effect. You know that if you're an author and you get your book on Oprah, uh, you know, if she was in the book club or she actually had you on her show when she had a show. Now she's got her own network. You knew that getting <clears throat> the stamp of approval from Oprah Winfrey was about the best thing you could hope for. And now a corporation has learned that getting a stamp of approval from Oprah Wintry is is pretty good. Oprah today announced that she bought a 10% stake in Weight Watchers and almost immediately, right guys, the stock was up 90%. Huge day, huge day for Weight Watchers, Eric Holm. Yeah, no, it it jumped uh, about 80% at the open
3: yeah, and it's gone up from there. It's crazy. Now, the the best part about this, uh, in my view, is it, Oprah has made a lot of money on a lot of things, but this has to be the fastest fifty million dollars that she's ever made. <laughs> Anybody, right? On the first tick this morning, right. she was up over fifty million dollars on wow. her investment. So what happened is she she she's taking a she bought a or agreed to buy a ten percent stake in the company, and she's going to be sort of front and center as their new pitch woman. Right. Um. You know they've had Jennifer Hudson, and other people uh, in that role in the past. But not only is she going to be a board member, a 10% owner, she's going to be the new face of Weight Watchers.
2: Can you imagine um, how much it would have cost them to try to hire Oprah Winfrey as the spokesperson? Absolutely, yes. Well, now,
3: to be fair, they are uh, booking, I think it was a $14 million charge because they're giving her stock options as well, another 5% of the company. But. Oprah doesn't get out of bed for less. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what, but yeah, but you're right. Yeah, she's she, the, the, everyone wins it seems by this arrangement right. where she's going to be for five I, years. I, I was I was thinking the same thing because
0: I know reading reading some of the articles ahead of this, they had talked about how. Weight Watchers, yes, they had Jennifer Hudson, but they'd kind of gotten away a little bit from this whole celebrity pitchman model, whereas you look at Nutra System and then they've got Marie Osmond's all over the place still, and and, they, and that stock's down 8% today, by the way. But I thought the same thing. I thought, this is almost like them going back to that celebrity pitchman model, just rather than paying Oprah outright, they gave her a stake in Although the company.
2: Although they, they have a very good story here, right? Right. Um, One of the things like Warren Buffett used to say is uh, about investing is look for products that you like and invest in the companies that make them. Oprah says that's what happened here. She thought Weight Watchers was a great product. And so she wanted to invest in it. Um, That is a a very good investment story because it's not just like, oh, she thought it was underpriced or anything like that. She's both investing in it and saying, you know, and therefore endorsing it as an investment. But. At the same time saying that investment endorsement is based on the product endorsement as well, that is, the like, a, the perfect cocktail to make this thing explode higher. Um, yeah. You know, the irony, of course, is you don't usually associate, like, biggest gainer with Weight Watchers, <laughs> and, and that being good news. But, yeah, it's on well, all know, the biggest and, and gainer and lists. The,
0: the <laughs> question becomes, this is a great one-day story, right? It's a great one-day story for Oprah. It's a great one-day story for, for Weight Watchers investors. But is this a good long term story? I mean, this is a company that has struggled. There is a lot of competition in this space. Ch- tastes change literally and figuratively. Uh, did, did she, you know, in two years from
2: now, are we going to say, yes, yeah, she made a good deal?
0: I mean, uh, I know we can't know that, but, you know, come on, guys.
2: I'll just say, yeah. You know why? Um, Oprah is not. On, I would love to have. I bet lots of people in corporate America would love to have Oprah Winfrey on your board. Oprah Winfrey is actually you know has showed she has staying power taste change in America Absolutely. but nobody right. loses taste in Oprah Winfrey. I would love to have her advising me if I was running a company on how to stay you know at the forefront of American taste. She knows
1: okay, so that's a fair point, but Owen struggled isn't that fair to say i mean she she's ha- she has yeah her network. Her, her network Owen. own i mean she wa- she figured out. This like magic that she has, but it seems like it has not translated into her own network. I mean, I don't know exactly no. what the financials are, but it right. seems like it has not broken through in the way that a lot of people. I had mean, expected. I mean, she's admitted she had touch. an
0: incredibly popular talk show. Now she has her own network. I mean, how many people have their own network and called own you know over? But I mean, it, it's it's an it's a niche channel, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a niche channel. It's not a huge mainstream thing, but. I don't know, it's still there. A couple years later, it's, it's still there. She's got programs. Super Soul Sunday. Seen it, you know, like, <laughs> she's still there. So then, maybe I- it didn't go huge, but, you know... She's making
2: it, and let's remember, Weight Watchers is itself an niche product. It's not going; it's not trying to feed us all mm-hmm. every meal that we have. I think you're, you're right. It's, the
3: demographics of the people who are go- going to be Weight Watchers customers probably uh, line up pretty closely to the sort of yeah. people who are Oprah fans. Right, these, this
0: favorable is, Venn diagram. Right, this is yeah. her
2: yeah. core competency, really, and uh, and she's going. You know, she's going after it and doubling down on that audience. I I think it's a great move. She's lost thousands of pounds over the years. <laughs> And Gain a Network.
0: All right. We are going to leave it there. Eric, um, guy to my right, Marine. <laughs> John Carney. John, oh, yes. John Carney. Heard on the streets. John Carney. All right, everyone. Thank you very much. We will talk to you very, very soon.
1: WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously.